shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> it's episode 13 of the Weekside Podcast. We're on this side, which is the weak side of the pond, talking about all things NBA so that you're in the know and we've translated it for you in our own Britishness in that in that distinctive fashion. Basically, we don't know as much as all the other pundits on the other side of the pond, but at least you understand what we're saying. How are you, Phil? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm okay. We've had a few weeks off. It's been mainly because I've been too busy. So I'm sorry, dear listener, that I haven't been around. I know we've got one listener because we can see it. Um, but the season's started. It's finally here. Oh. We've got games that mean things. A whole week, a whole week of proper, proper NBA basketball. I know, and then there's been a lot of things that have been as predicted. Mm-hmm. The Clippers are very strong. Yeah. And some things that uh, are interesting to watch. The Warriors don't look very good at the moment. Let's just say we're only a few games in. They don't look very strong. They have won a game though, right? They have. They won one last night. We'll get to that later. So we're covering lots of stuff today. And uh, Phil's made one of his lovely lists of all the things we're going to talk about. So, what do you want to talk about first? Should we start with the Clippers? Let's start with the Clippers, because they have never been relevant. No. Not for championship contention. No. As a strong team, they've been relevant, but they've never been favourites, have they? Ever been favourites? No. They haven't, have they? But then again, they've never had the best player in the NBA either. So he is—he reminds me so much of Mike, so much of yes. Michael Jordan. Yeah, more so than anyone else I've seen. That kind of—if he decides he wants to turn it on at both ends of the floor, either take it over at the offensive end, the defensive end, everyone's at his mercy. And yeah, he's—he is definitely the best player in the NBA. He had that historic run in the playoffs last year. The the greatest stretch of playoff games was, I think we've ever it was seen. to watch. And it's translated into the early part of the regular season. And it goes something like, you give the ball to him and he will score. It's got to the point where he catches the ball and you think, oh, they, they're going to score now. A bit like it used to feel when, when Jordan caught the ball. Like, How is he going to score? Yeah. Not will he how is he going to do it Kawhi has become that consistent and it's scary for the rest of the NBA that Paul George is in a tux on the side of the court watching the Clippers play like they are how much must Steve Ballmer and Doc Rivers be rubbing their hands together with glee that each night at the moment they are putting out a solid 10 man rotation on the floor and they've still got Paul George to come back at some point. Steve Barmer doesn't rub his hands together in No. He sits there going, woo, woo, <laughs> whenever they tip off. Yeah. He's, he's mental. I love watching him. I'd just love to see the equivalent in like uh, in football. Like, if you ever saw like a Premier League team's owner get that like kind of shit ass excited about a game? Oh, the difference in the, the difference in the Premier League is someone would probably come across and twat him. <laughs> Whereas, at least in America, they're respectful of other teams and the fact that you can support somebody else. <laughs> Some, something interesting that um, I noticed about the uh, the Clippers opening game and the Clippers played the Lakers. Yeah. I'll, we'll talk about the Lakers later, probably. Um, was the idea that it, when you watch the game, it felt more like a soccer game, a football game, 
with the crowd the way it was. Yes. I think Bill Simmons, the podfather, was talking about this the other day. And for him, he was like, oh my God, this is really cool. Because it's an it's two LA teams. Yep. And it was obviously, there were Laker fans at a Clippers home game. They're playing the same stadium. And actually you had this booing and cheering and and mm. rooting for different teams in the same stadium. And of course, we're used to that in this country with, with football and, and, and rugby and the other sports that we play. Uh, Travelling away fans are, are much more of a dominant factor um, because everything's a bit closer. Yeah. But it was a cool... I, I actually thought I, I'd rather go and watch a Lakers-Clippers game knowing that both sets of fans are in the same building and that both teams are getting cheered on than I would go to watch an NBA game where you're part of you know, 20, 30, 40 odd thousand people that are all cheering for the same team. See, I would love to be at a Lakers Clippers game where it's a bit of an inferno of both fans coming together and both looking at their teams and thinking that their teams are going to win or are possibly going to win the championship because there's no way that the Lakers are ever, ever going to say, oh yeah, the Clippers are the better team. They're never going to do that. Do you think the Lakers are even close? I, I, uh, I like LeBron. I think we all know this. LeBron is is a great player. Well, year 17, you've got to give him his dues. Yeah, AD is obviously still in his prime and is looking every bit of the player we thought he was going to be. But underneath those two players on that Lakers team, it, it's pretty weak. Everyone, kind of after one game, kind of blew it a little bit out of proportion. However... That's going to be the narrative as the season goes on. You know full well it's going to be LeBron, AD, maybe a third person on any given night, and then it drops off. Yeah. At the moment, on night one, it was Danny Green. 28 points, threes from everywhere. The last two games, Dwight Howard has actually stepped up. Dwight Howard sighting, everybody. I know. he At the moment, and it was on the uh, ringer.com, I think, today that he's embracing being a role player, which is what they need him to be. The problem is, as everyone starts to give him props for being a role player, will it go to his head and he'll want to be the Dwight Howard role? But if he keeps this up all season, the Lakers have really, really landed on their feet. However, as we said at the top of the podcast, the Clippers are 10 deep and they haven't even got the PG-13 yet. They're bringing Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell off the bench and it's like playing against a fresh starting five. And any team that isn't, you know, the Lakers aren't deep. Any team that doesn't have a strong bench is then like, oh, how do we how do we even rotate to cope with that? Because Lou Williams is legitimately the best six man we've ever seen. He should be the starting shooting guard, but it works so well for the Clippers that he's not and he's coming off the bench and it's yeah and he's so mellow with it and consistent with his emotions that he, he just has found that Goldilocks zone of being amped up enough chilled out enough to perform and, and, and get that sense of flow that only athletes know it, how it's it feels. a really tricky thing to do I I personally have come off the bench and it's difficult you come off the bench and you, you've kind of gone a bit cold. You've got to get into the game. And then I remember watching Manu Ginobili and the fact that he could come off the bench and impact a game pretty much straight away. And Lou Will is that same person. And it's just, it, it's, a, it's a real skill. And 
the Clippers at the moment, for, I, I know it's a small sample size. We're talking with like three, four games into the season. But from what I've seen, the loss to the Suns withstanding, and we'll get onto the Phoenix Suns in a bit, but the, the, the regular season is just going to be a tune-up. I, I really, really, based on what I've seen so far, and if they can keep this going, they're, they're my favourite to be the NBA champion at the end of the year. I know that we came into the season saying it's the most wide open it's been for so many years, but just based on a very small sample size, the Clippers are the team to beat. As le- as I can they say. are legit, people. Yes. They yeah. are legit. Yeah. And so talking about the Suns, actually. Yeah. Two and one. They should just call it now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the difference in setup. It's the fact that and a lot of people, I've read it in quite a few different places and it's true. I've watched a little bit of it, more so in um, highlights or condensed games than a full game. However, Ricky Rubio is making a difference. It's the first time Devin Book has had a proper, legit point guard to play alongside. And actually, it's, make, it's opening Booker's game up to the point where, I think against the Clippers, he scored, what, 20, 28, 30 points, 10 assists... Because it's opening his game up with Rubio alongside him, and they actually look like what everyone thought the Sacramento Kings were going to be. Yeah, the Kings have properly dropped off oh. again. Small sample size. Let's yeah. not forget yeah. that. With as I say, three, four games into the season, you can't really. But I think everyone expected Sacramento to pick up where they left off last season, and at the moment, the Suns are last year's Kings. And the Kings look a little bit like a train wreck. If it wasn't for the fact that the Warriors have started out so poorly by their standards, I think a lot of people would be talking more so about how badly Sacramento have started. Well, DeAndre Ayton uh, has been banned for 25 games for uh, a drugs test failure. He, he tested for a diuretic, which, you know, come on, man. you got to know you can't be doing that. And if that's, you know, something deeper, then that the team need to, to do something about it. He's meant to be one of the franchise cornerstones. Yep. Uh, that kind of behaviour, that that's immature, and it's from a team that isn't used to winning. You know, yeah, you put, it's a culture thing. You put you put veterans around young players in the right way, and you end up with uh, a decent balance of youth and exuberance and fun but knowing when to lock in and, and get on with it and certainly don't do stupid stuff with your body yeah. to try and... Uh, I thought all of Either, ch- let's just say, mega chill out <laughs> or uh, perform better. Yeah, I really thought that all athletes were properly locked in nowadays with what they can, what they can't have. Um, pardon me. And I'm just surprised. Did you get really emotional then for a second? Did, yeah. Because, just at a moment. Because last year we were so spoiled by... Peyton and Doncic and Trey Young that now part of that trifecta is now sitting on the power for 25 days it gave me a lump in my throat um, <laughs> should we move on? yeah I don't think I can come I don't know if I can talk about DeAndre Ayton anymore <laughs> let's talk about the Warriors and how far they've fallen at least at the beginning of the regular season you're looking at uh, Draymond Green and Steph Curry and they are every bit the players they were and you know, Steph is going to have a monster year. That's not going to change. But they are, at best, massively inconsistent on defence. You're looking at Draymond Green and 
you get you get <laughs> the eye rolls and the frustrations are coming out. There are flashes. There are flashes of decent young players on that team. But is it is it eight new players? It's a lot. I, I can't put a number on it, but it's a lot. And yeah, defensively, they have been awful um, through the first three games. The first two, I mean, they got blown out by 20-odd by the Clippers when they opened the new stadium. I watched um, the Warriors at the Thunder on Sunday night and they looked awful. They made the Thunder look like they were a powerhouse in the, in the Western Conference. And they're not, in case you didn't know. <laughs> this not. was the first ever exposure of the NBA. The uh, Oklahoma City Thunder are not a strong NBA team. And don't get me wrong, the Thunder are, are a nice little team. And, but, yeah, the, the Warriors were woeful. And if it wasn't for the fact that they got a win last night, I think that's probably curbed what we're going to say on this podcast a little bit. But it's not looking great. It really what, isn't. What fascinates me about this early season chat about how teams have started is that it plants the seeds of doubt in these organisations in the front office. And you start to think, well, they're going to have another chance to kind of retool before the season is properly done. And I think the Warriors will be looking to do that. I mean, who wouldn't want to go and play with Steph Curry and Draymond Green and a returning Clay Thompson next season, perhaps? Of course, I I, I do agree with that. And but who's fa- who's going to trade for who? <laughs> I mean, they said at the start of the season that D'Angelo Russell was going to be with them for the long term. And it's going to be interesting to see if over the next few months, if it doesn't work, come the trade deadline in February, are they going to be looking at that team? Because they're not going to trade... Draymond Green and they're not trading Steph Curry definitely not so D'Angelo Russell is the de facto you're our trade chip and let's let's wait and see like we've said small sample size but based on their start to the season their um, owner Joe Lacob or maybe it was their um, their CEO said that they're light last year they are light years ahead of the league Um they're not anymore. They're not. They're so far. I mean, how how quickly things change when a couple of players leave. I'd say a couple of players. It was three. One retired in Sean Livingston. They traded away Andre Iguodala, and uh, I bet they Kevin they... Durant got injured and then left. I, I bet they wish that they could have Iggy back again now. And you never know, he might. Well, no, he can't. I think it's. I, I don't think under the the league rules he can. I think that he'd have to go to another team before he could go back to the Warriors, if he can go back to them at all this season. But it's just not looking great for them. They've got injuries up front with Kevon Looney, who played so well in the playoffs last year. He's got some kind of nerve issue or something like that that's affecting um, his, his strength. They've got, as Clay Thompson's out, Probably they're saying now maybe the whole season. I think a lot of what they're saying to the public about Clay Thompson's timeline for return is also about keeping Clay uh, happy because Clay just wants to play. He does. And if they're saying to Clay, look, look, Clay, chill, man, just go through the recovery, and when you're ready, you can come back. And you never know; it might be the other side of the All Star break, maybe before the playoffs. Yeah. And then they kind of start the season, and they're like, you know what, Clay. Just keep positive. 
not sure you're going to play this season, but just keep positive, man. <laughs> and it's because Clay is, for one thing, he's too important for them to rush him back. Um, they also don't want to get a reputation for being a, a team where players come back too soon and get injured. Not saying that's what happened here. Um, I, I have said on previous podcasts that Kevin Durant was there for his team and should not ever be judged as being a, a weak player that, that is a ring chaser. He was there for a team. They were in a war. He came out punching and he got injured. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't want to be the warrior, the Warriors front office as Clay walks in the door just after the All-Star break going, look, coach, I can run. <laughs> You know, just just give me the ball in the corner, and I'll shoot it. You know, it, it, he's not he's not coming back. I just don't think he's coming back this season. Um, and we should do um, maybe what's happened with Porzingis at Dallas, forcefully rest because Porzingis. I know we're not talking about Porzingis. We're going to talk about the Zing today, um, but he's looking spry and strong, and he's back. Yeah, I mean, he has started just before we get off the Warriors. It's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next 20 to 25 games. If they look like they've got a chance, I reckon that we could see Clay Thompson coming back at some point before the end of the season. If they're not, or even if they're going, they're looking like they're on pace to be a 7 or 8 seed, just rest him. Just, just rest, rest him. him. Come back there's, next year. There's, there's no point in bringing him back any sooner than he needs to be because you look around... I mean, Chris Tapps is looking good for having 18 months off. Him and Luca. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. That was a music interlude with Phil. I know. I, I love Luca. Luca's just awesome. And he looks every bit as cool as he did last season. He looks better. Yeah, there's a patience to him. He had a patience last year, but there's a real patience to his game. And you know what? Everyone defers to him. Everybody's like, you know what? This kid is better than all of us. And he should 20. He should run this team. And he does run that team. 20 is half our age. I think it's ace. <laughs> I just think it's so cool. Let's talk about the T-Wolves. Talk, talking about cool, the Timberwolves this year have started and the shackles, whatever shackles they may have been, are off-cat. Carl Anthony Towns is an absolute monster. He's a monster. I put on our... Instagram feed the other day I put a picture of him on there what's our Instagram our yeah. Instagram is weekside at weekside pod make sure uh, dear listener you're definitely following that and anybody else who might be listening to this look us up on Instagram at weekside pod I've got or- to admit Phil Phil does post really cool pictures of NBA stuff from the present and the past and out of all of the stuff that you see on uh, on, on the old gram uh, it's pretty cool from from uh, Mr. Philip. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but I put on there because after two games, he obviously they played Brooklyn the opening night of the season. Kyrie Irving comes out, hits him with 50 because he's decided that, well, we haven't got Kevin Durant, so I'm going to make this thing fun. Here's a cool fiddy. Yeah, here is a cool fiddy. And not only that, he totally seemed to mess up the final play, but yet nearly made it. Oh, that dribble. Yes. You heard the commentator go, oh, what's her name? I'm trying to remember her name. She's one of my favourite commentators. can't remember her name, but she was just laughing. It was like the final second, and Kyrie somehow did some sort of forward somersault dribble without carrying it 
completely duped the defender. He didn't mean it, but he recovered through it well. I was say, it wasn't if he'd have hit that game winner, that would have been the best thing I've ever seen Ooh. Kyrie do. Yes, I totally agree. I mean, the fact that he recovered enough to nearly hit it was impressive enough. He's He looks fresh. I, I, I hate to say it because he's an ex-Celtic, but he looks free again, like he did at the beginning of Boston season last year. And hold that thought. Hold that thought, although, the, as, as we've now found out, he, he went through a lot of personal turmoil throughout the season and didn't let people know. And that was the main reason that he mentally checked out of the season. And we, But from the outside looking in, we were all going, oh, Corey doesn't want to be here anymore, so we don't want him. He's chucking up mid-range bricks. And that's why we lose to the Bucks. And I agree that. I, I can see that. And, and you can give that as your reason now. Um, there is part of me that also looks at I don't play basketball for a living but when you go through personal stuff you still have to do your job yeah yeah yeah. you know that I know that he knows that so you can't just turn around now and say well I was going through some stuff so that's why I decided to be a dick (laughs) Um, but saying that his start to the season has been impressive personally the Nets mixed results they've beaten the Knicks woohoo um, but then on opening night, lost to the T-Wolves because Cat has just decided that he is going to become a monster. Going back to the Instagram thing, I put on there how if this is... that I, I play fancy basketball. I play in, in the Yahoo leagues. And I was picking fourth. And I was slated in the projected draft order to get Cat, which I was like, that's cool. I think the person that was picking second picked Cat. And I sat there going, you took Cat with number two? Who would you have taken at number two? Steph Curry was predicted at number two. Oh, wow. Okay. So he took Cat. And I did sit there kind of scratching my head a bit going, all right then. Three games into the season, I can totally see that they must have had their crystal ball out and they could see this coming. Like a Mystic Meg basketball pundit. 30, over 30 a game, uh, 12 rebounds a game, four assists a game, and five and a half threes a game. Awesome. Absolutely amazing. It's just, and not only that, to add to that for the T-Wolves, Andrew Wiggins has now decided to come to play from what we can see so far, small sample size. But he was Kobe Bryant. He was, I will take so many shots that are long twos and now he's realised, as the rest of the NBA have realised, it's only taken him two seasons longer than anyone else. If I take a step further back, it's not a much more difficult shot. And it's worth 50% more than the shots I was taking last season. I mean, you saw the stretch the other night. He scored something like five, five threes in, he, a, he in single, a short span in the fourth quarter against the Heat. Yeah, he single-handedly bought the T-Wolves back in a game that was dead. Yeah, he just on the home court as well, which is always nice to see. And also, who else was playing for the Heat that they want to send a big middle finger oh, to? I can't think <laughs> who. Would it be a certain Jimothy Butler? <laughs> I reckon Jimmy Buckets might have had something to do with Wiggins and Cap deciding. You know what? Fuck you, mate. <laughs> this is a sweary podcast today. It is. It, I don't like swearing on podcasts, but that's that's summed up. 
what what was going on that night in my opinion it they was. were look, they were looking at Jimmy and they were going right yeah you could say what you want when we were your teammate but now that you're on a different teammate we are going to show you eat this what we're about and cat if he keeps this up cat will be the mvp because oh, you really they, think so because they will make the playoffs if they make the playoffs as a you know six seed and they make a big jump from what they did last year, and he carries on doing what he's doing now. He's not going to keep it up to the numbers level, but let's say he can finish averaging some like 28, 12, 4, with about five threes a game. That's MVP. Yeah. That is MVP type numbers. That's not far off what AD's going to do. AD, yeah, but it's more expected of AD. So therefore, if AD does it and it's expected, they'll go. You've got LeBron. Like, oh, okay. You've got LeBron with you, and you made the playoffs because you have LeBron. Whereas I get it. If they get into the playoffs and they have a quite a big jump, and he averages similar numbers or maybe even better than AD, the the voters over there are going to be like, "Yeah, he came out of nowhere. He's the most valuable player because without him, what would the T Wolves have been?" Yeah, yeah, true. So it's not going to as much as we've we've said about Kawhi being the best player in the league, and I will I will stick with that. The fact that they're going to put him on, we love that word, load management. Load management. Hashtag load management. <laughs> Sorry, I said that was a word. It was obviously two. Um, <laughs> but but um, he's going to miss twenty to twenty five games of the season, which will stop him from winning the MVP and. I'm going to keep on saying it, such a small sample size. However, based on what I've seen so far, if he can keep it up, Cat's going to be MVP. And on that hot take, let's take a quick break. This episode of the Weekside Podcast is brought to you by GivePenny.com, the best charity fundraising platform you've ever used. It's also the best platform you've probably never used because it's a new thing. If you're going to raise money for charity, go to givepenny.com because they give you the tools you need to make it a little easier and a little fun. I'm completely biased, but it's absolutely brilliant. It is. Head to givepenny.com, sign up today so that you're ready the next time you're going to raise money for a cause that you love. You can connect things like Spotify to your fundraising challenge and people can add songs to a playlist that you have to listen to, but only if they make a donation. And that's just one example of how cool it is. So head to givepenny.com right now, pause this, go there right now, givepenny.com, sign up and I guarantee you it'll be worth it. Cheers. Donchich. Luca Donchich. 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 Luca Donchich. No, Luca Donchich. Not Donchich. Donchich. Luca Donchich. Luca Donchich. Trey Young. Let's talk about Trey Young. Is that because he's easier to say? (laughs) It is. It is easier to say. Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I actually think Trey Young one day might be an MVP candidate. I think he's Steph Curry. I used to say he's Steph Curry light. At the moment, he's now Steph Curry, and Steph Curry's <laughs> Trey Young, and I'm not really sure what's gone on. <laughs> oh, it's like um, oh, what would that be? Uh, oh, what's it called? Dear listener, what's the movie called that I'm thinking of? Where the uh, the 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 daughter and the mum they swap. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Give a film synopsis of Freaky Friday. Go. Steph Curry's there wearing a wig, <laughs> and Trey Young's there wearing a wig. 
because he's a bit younger and they pretend to be mother and daughter and then all of a sudden in the nine in the 2019-20 NBA season they swap that's it that's the end of it is yeah. that the end of this? Is there any well, moral? We'll see. If if Steph gets better, then maybe that's how it ends. Does Steph end up gets... wearing Trey sneakers, which look like slippers? No, because of contractual obligations, he can't. The end. <laughs> Love it. That's it. Another personal favourite. <laughs> Film synopsis by Phil. Fantastic. Anyway, Trey Young and Luca. John. No. Don. 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 Don Chich. Don. Luca. Have you got an uncle called Don or John that you get mixed up? No. Okay. Have you? No. No. Uh, so Don Chich. Trey Young and Luca Donchich. Uh, Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Trey and Luca. So their respective teams swapped trade positions in the uh, the draft last year. You've got down here on your advanced notes uh, that. Both teams might have won that trade. They both ended up with fantastic players that have become cornerstones of those teams. In my opinion, there's normally one team that wins the trade. And last year, everyone was talking about it was definitely the Mavs. To be honest, Lucas should have gone number one. He should have. Yeah. He should have gone number one. He was the best player in the draft, but he didn't. And the Mavs managed to trade up with the Hawks. They got... Luca and the Hawks then ended up getting Trey Young at, at pick five. And as you said, I think in the last podcast or maybe the one before, Summer League happened. Everyone thought, oh my God, Trey Young is going to be a massive bust. He started off the season slow, but by the end of the season, he was like, shut the front door. Yeah. Swish, swish, swish. Yeah. If he'd have played the whole season how he finished it, it would have been a lot closer for Rookie of the Year than it actually ended up being with Luca Doncic. 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 And with uh, Trey still playing as well as he was towards the end of last season, at the beginning of this season, you get a sense that the Hawks are here to stay. They're I... just a year older, a year wiser, and Trey looks every bit at the leader and he's still bold. He still shoots from the logo. He's yes. got mean handle. Mean handle. I, I love watching Trey play. And with Zion injured, Zion Williamson of the Pelicans injured, I've only got one league pass team now because the Kings are dog shit. <laughs> so I have to watch the Hawks play, which is no bad thing. I was going to say, let, let's not, let's not like, bemoan the fact that we have to because... They started out the season, Detroit and Orlando, and after those two games, he was averaging something like 38 and a half a game, nine assists, seven rebounds, you know, a ridiculous number threes a game. And then they kind of hit a bit of a buzzsaw against the 76ers last night, who looked like the monsters on defence. They did. That's a generational reference. And if you've never seen Space Jam, there will be another Space Jam coming out soon. That's how old we are, people. I think last Space Jam was in black and white, wasn't it? In my memory, yes. But the new, Silent movie. The new, the new one is not going to be anywhere near as good as the old one. And the old one wasn't that great, but we love it because... We were 16-year-old kids. Just... I won't force you to do a film synopsis of Space Jam. Come on. No, no, no. no we'll save that for a special episode. Marco Fultz, competent, willing to shoot. Seems actually like an NBA player, and I am actually may have hinted this last podcast. I'm chuffed. I'm chuffed for him. I think it's good. He's found a place. He's found a team that 
are willing to give him the minutes and he's obviously gone through whatever he needed to go through to get back to close to where his draft stock put him and yeah. he seems he seems happy he's enjoying himself yeah. he's playing ball he's not all the way back yet and he still looks a little bit hesitant however the pressure's off when he was in Philadelphia they expected him to be the final piece of the puzzle he was a number one pick they expected the world from him and Orlando picked him up pretty much on the cheap and said right sit the next rest of the season out come back next year let's see what happens and so far I actually saw him hit a three the other day in an actual in the regular season three pointer and he just looks like he's more relaxed and I agree with you anytime you get NBA players that drop off as drastically as he did and everyone writes him off if he can come back and be 75, 80% of the player that everyone thought he was going to be, more power to him. I'm glad to see it. I don't want to see anybody who's an NBA-worthy talent lose as much as he did in stock. And it looks like Orlando have picked up a bit of a gem. You've got a soft spot for the Magic. I have. I have. Um, I've been to watch the Magic quite a few times. So the Wizards will always be my team because of us going to see them and that being my first NBA game. But yeah, the Magic and the Celtics and... The other teams too. You seem to support every team. I just like watching NBA basketball. Uh, Apart from the Hornets. No, there are some games I'm not enjoying watching. But we'll get on to that. So uh, the Kings have made that step backwards that we've mentioned a few times already. Um, It's a big step backwards. You you look at um, the contract that they've just given to Buddy, Buddy Heald, and there was a rumour that that, uh, they had to fight for that contract. They were hesitant in giving him that contract. And I think that a cloud over an organisation like that can have an impact on the rest of the team and, and what they had there was a delicate delicate butterfly and what they've done is they've accidentally crushed it and now they have some good young talent that they've got to try and bring back together and find a rhythm again yeah the problem with Sacramento is they're in a tricky situation because they've paid people like Harrison Barnes this summer who yeah you need veterans but is Harrison Barnes really worth 85 or 90 million or however much they gave him. And they paid him first. They paid yeah. him instead of Buddy Buddy Heald, who you would surely put as the first person that you make sure you secure. Yeah, I mean, given the trajectory of where the careers are going, then, yeah, you'd put Buddy Heald ahead of Harrison Barnes in that kind of pecking order. The problem is, by giving people like Harrison Barnes that kind of contract it's going to put them in a bit of a tricky position next year when they've got to look at extending um, Fox and then Marvin Bagley's going to be looking at his contract extension. And it's it, it's there's just those rumblings already that uh, this might not work out the way that you thought it was going to, just in the fact that last year, did they overachieve? I'm not sure, but they got... 39 wins they were in the conversation right up until the end for a playoff place in the west and and entertaining to watch yeah, they were and I'm not saying that they're not going to be entertaining to watch this season but they're 0-3 to start they're losing games at an average of something like 25 a game and 
there's a lot of chatter three games in about was Luke Walton the right choice to be coach of that team. They let Dave Yeager go at the end of last season and no one could really understand why because he's always been someone that's been viewed as a bit of an upcoming coach in this league. So why they did that is kind of beyond me, definitely. And Luke Walton's come in and hasn't exactly started as well as Sacramento expected. Three games in, a lot of time to turn it around, but there could be trouble ahead based on what... Just things that have happened at the start of the season, contracts and negotiations. Anytime you've got one of your star players looking over at Vladdy Divek, the GM, on the sideline and making the universal pay me signs in a in a team scrimmage, that's probably not what you want going no, on no. to be picked up by cameras that everyone's then putting on Instagram, going, yeah, this is what's happening. And if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. Oh. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't like Kings basketball. Not at the moment. Oh. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, tell you, I do agree with you. As much as I like the fact that you so verbally hate that saying, I, I agree with you. It's awful. It's awful. I used to dislike the Clippers one. Just, go, just, just, go. Hang on, just trim off the front bit. You don't like Kings basketball. That's all you've got to say. Well, but he says, if you don't like it, you don't like NBA basketball. If you what want- does he know? In the past few years, if you've been watching the Kings, you don't like NBA basketball. <laughs> Turn on somebody else. If you don't like that, you don't like. Oh, shut up. Anyway, well, uh, bring back the Clippers guy that used to go bingo, bango, bingo, bango. <laughs> He's now retired. Never mind. Do you know who my f- Do you know who my favourite kind of commentator is? Tommy Heinsohn. You've said this before because he's it's a, a foul. It's a massive Tommy. Tommy, it is not a foul. But I agree with you because you are brilliant. Give him a Tommy point. Give him a Tommy point. <laughs> what does that mean, Tommy? What do I get for my points? I have like, like nectar. Give. What do I get? What do I get? For anybody that's listening outside the UK, nectar points are something you get at one of our supermarkets. <laughs> that doesn't explain it. Yeah, it does. It could be like a melon. You get melons at supermarkets. <laughs> <laughs> and milk. <laughs> and Cheerios. Okay, the legal bit is you get nectar points when you buy things at Sainsbury's, the supermarket, and then you can trade those points in for things that might be better, such as a flight to New York if you get three million points. Brilliant. I thought that was very well explained. Where are we going with this? Not really I lost sure. my train of but thought. To be honest, though, it's more interesting than King's basketball. It is. If you don't like that, you ain't getting any nectar and, points. And, and Tommy, Tommy Heinsohn. Tommy Heinsohn. Do you want oh, colour commentators. Yes, there were, there were, there were lots of colour. Uh, uh, who doesn't like Mike Breen? Bang! Who doesn't like that? And Marv Alban with yes. Although Marv, 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 Marv Alban's getting on a bit now. Yes, he and is. He's beginning yeah. to call the wrong play. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's a three. He had his foot on the line. It, that, that was a layup. <laughs> you, I could see that from here on the weak side of the pond <laughs> yeah it's hard to keep so on top of your game 30 years later because Marv Albert was the voice of NBC um, basketball when they took over in what 1990 1991 here yeah. we are in 2019 yes yeah. and it counts and, it, and the foul yes um, and then you've got uh Mark Jackson, who is rumoured to be waiting to take the Knicks job off Fisdale. Why would they 
remove Fisdale now. I don't think they're, they're going to remove him just yet. It's the, the expectations in New York are well, there there are no expectations. They have they basically they, they sit down every year and they get a piece of paper out, mm-hmm. and everybody around the table gets crayons, and they get given like juice, and they go, "What are we gonna do this year?" And they'll go, "Hey!" Just like kind of like draw things on the piece of paper, and then they give that to David Fisdale, and Fisdale goes, "That's our offense. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're gonna play." That's a really bad impression of Fisdale. I do, to be yeah, honest, he could, he, could, he could talk like that. He, does, he kind of does. He has this kind of like gravelly kind of. Like, he looks like, at people like Mickey, wrong as well. Rocky's trainer. <laughs> doing, doing nothing but a bum. <laughs> He's like that. He's like Mickey, Rocky's trainer. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I think the Knicks are a, a, a train wreck. Especially if they get rid of Fisdale. Fisdale was the right coach at the right time for them. They've got young players, young core, and they want to be good. The, the, there's a difference there. The Knicks, in my opinion, are a train wreck. The Kings are a train wreck at the moment because the Kings have got expectation. No one's got expectations for the Knicks. Yeah, true. The Knicks are not a train wreck at the moment. They're not good. Uh, please, dear listener, don't take that as me saying that the, that the Knicks are good. But there's just no expectation. I don't expect anything from them. So when they go and beat the Bulls last night and Bobby Portis comes up with 28 and whatever, one of their 10 power forwards that are on the roster, um, it's it's a feel-good story. You, you look at it and you think, oh, didn't the Knicks do well? Considering I expect nothing. Yeah, and, and I think that the Knicks-Nets games this season with Kevin Durant not playing and Kyrie having to go off because I don't think the Nets are quite the finished package beneath Kyrie Irving at the moment. Um, they're going to be entertaining games. The Knicks are going to want to win those games and have a chance at winning those games. So they're going to be entertaining to watch. Just before we get off the New York area-based teams and we've just mentioned the Nets, did yeah. you watch the Nets and the Grizzlies? Yes, I did. Yeah, game of the season so game far. Game of the season so far. Morant is the real deal. And maybe the rookie of the year, given that Zion is injured and won't play enough games, in my opinion, to Possibly compete. Not. If Morant not. stays healthy and has that attitude that he has, which is just grit and win, and uh, there's a force to the way he plays that I just think is ace. I love watching him play. Did you see the way that he guarded Kyrie on that last shot? He 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 knew he was there going right. He's gonna he's gonna try and back me down. He's gonna try and jab step, jab step, make some space, and then he's gonna try and do a quick step back into almost a fadeaway. And he stayed with him every step of the way and blocked the shot. And then obviously when it was overtime, people were probably expecting him to take that last shot because he'd had such a good game, thirty points to that to that point. And uh, you get emotional again. Frog in the throat. Oh, yeah. It was such a beautiful thing. I can't it, help it. It's because I'm having a beer whilst I'm uh, whilst <laughs> whilst I'm doing this podcast, and it's repeating on me. I, I wish I could say that it was something far better than that, but it's, it's like, not. It's the beer a, is repeating on me. Just think that the, the, it, Moran's defense was just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You carry on. I, I, can't, wa- I, I wa- can't go anymore. I was impressed, and the fact that he was he handed the ball off at the end to Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder sighting. Jay Crowder sighting everybody. What a shot as well. It was string all the way. It was it was, it was beautiful. Lovely. Best game of the season. Without a doubt. I've seen some good performances, but that has been the game that I've enjoyed watching to this point from the small sample size that I keep talking about. You never want a team to peak too early, right? Um, I want to talk about a team that is like a bit... Utah Jazz. 
Yeah, I Conley, agree. Conley is nowhere near the player we know he is, but he's on a brand new team having played for the same team for a very long time. So you can't expect um, everything from day one from a vet um, playing point guard and having to learn a new system and then run a whole team and start for that team. But Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell at the two is something special. Something special. Yeah, I mean, special. What, 45 points on the opening game of the season. Oh, just... I just think that the, the Jazz are going to be, when Conley works it out... And he, he will. He will, it's Conley. We, he was up there in the conversation for one of the best point guards in the league around the grit and grind era at the Grizzlies. Um, a lefty, um, not left wing, left-handed. Why can't we just get along? Um, I don't know if you voted out or not. Um, but he, he. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about Brexit. Oh, you you said the word. If you don't like that, you don't like NBA Brexit. Um, Conley, when he works it out, uh, and more importantly, the impact that will have on the Utah Jazz, given that they are a competent team anyway, they're going to be something special. And defensively, as it comes to crunch time in tight games and in the playoffs. They're a hell of a force. They are a hell of a force. And they've got they've got Bogdanovich, who might be the sneak the sneaky pickup of the offseason. Because he he did he had no choice at Indiana. He had to play well. Because Oladipo went down. Yep. Who else is going to score on that team? Miles Turner's not ready yet for that. So he had to play well. And he went for a stretch where he was like 23 a game or 24 a game. And then he got kind of shown out in the playoffs. He wasn't, he was not, he shouldn't be the leading scorer on any team. He's a supplementary piece and a really good one at that. And the playoffs are a different piece. Uh, yeah, and I don't mean any disrespect from, from, from calling him a supplementary piece. He, he is a very, very, very good role player. And now he plays for the Jazz. So when he, he's been playing well, but when he finally works it out, they can lean on him, which takes the pressure off Mitchell. And also takes the pressure off uh, geography teacher from Australia. Um, and jingles jingles it's going to be the Utah Jazz are going to be a team that goes from no one talking about them to oh my god these are a powerhouse they might unlock the defensive scheme that stops a team like Houston I'm not saying they're go- Utah are not going to win the West they aren't going to the finals no one's getting past the Clippers full stop the Clippers are going to be that good barring injury and yeah. any major massive massive trades as things stand today but Utah are going to be really tough to get past when they're on their game can you see a trade you've just said that could you see a trade that would alter our early season feeling about the Clippers only a trade that the Clippers make right so if they if they move off Landry Shamet or they move off I don't know if they look at their roster and go, oh, we need we need to change something up here a little bit. The disruption. Yeah, they're not changing anything. But two players does not win you a championship. It doesn't, but they've got ten. But Kawhi that, Leonard that worked together. Dragged a great team. Uh, sorry, Kawhi Leonard made a good team great. Because yeah. the Toronto Raptors have all uh, over the, the last ten years have been a good team. They just couldn't get past LeBron. I mean, <laughs> it became a running joke. I mean, come on, it became. Did, he won a play. LeBron won a playoff game on a final shot, off one leg, going out of bounds, banking the shot at home against the Raptors, and I think it sent them home. It was a series-winning shot. 
Was yeah, it a series he, winning he shot? Did, he did, game five or something? He did, he did hit, I was going to say, he did hit like a And it was, a, it, it, was lit, it was one of those moments where you go, <laughs> I can't believe he did it again. Yeah. So yeah. I really felt for the Raptors. They're a good team. Kawhi Leonard joined that team, was the ultimate professional, had the greatest playoff run of an individual player ever seen. For consistency and power and that's a leadership. bold statement to make. Name, you, a, name a better one. That's had a better playoff run. Name an individual player that's had a better playoff run with a weaker team and won a championship. Wouldn't we be able to make an argument for like LeBron? No. Or, or because he had Kyrie, are we are we saying who did, that, that doesn't? Who did Kawhi, think think about think about this, Phil? Kawhi Leonard, what he did last year. Mm. I'm not saying it's the best. Any of those games are actually the the best individual playoff game ever played, because I still think that's game one of the 2018 Finals, LeBron James in Golden State when Jr. shit the bed right at the end of the game. <laughs> I know the game. That's that, the that. best individual performance of a playoff game, and in a loss ever. And but, better but, than Ka- Jordan 63 against Celtics. They barely won. The, the, the Bulls didn't win. They lost in double <laughs> overtime. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, they lost. Um, Kawhi dragged, a, made a good team great, made everyone better around him. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you there. That is without a doubt. But and yeah, I, I, I can only see the Clippers doing themselves over. That, that's the only thing I can see happening. I can't see okay. anyone making. The Lakers don't have enough other pieces to get anyone of note. You're going to rely on a Fred Van Fleet moment from another team where it's someone from nowhere that becomes a legitimate piece. And Fred Van Fleet so far this season is averaging just under 20 a game. He's great. I love Fred. I mean, Toronto haven't dropped off massively. Now, Toronto have been every bit the consistent champion, minus Kawhi. It's like, it's like uh, Kawhi's injured and they've started the season. And we're like, I mean, it's okay, we can still play. And you forgot how good we all are. And Lowry's always had this thing where you're like, you're not quite sure. You're not quite sure with Lowry whether he's consistent enough. He's been pretty good. Siakam has Siakam's been... Siakam's been brilliant. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, Siakam is almost like Yanis Light. He's only been playing basketball for eight years. Bonkers. Absolute bonkers. So yeah, Toronto have been... Have been it's been nice to see them come in and go... Yeah, okay, fair enough. And we're really grateful for Kawhi to, to, to come and play with us and drag us all the way through to our first ever championship. But we are here to win games, please. So all of you lot need to get out of the way. And some of this early season success as the other teams maybe get used to some of the changes that have been made um, will hold them in good stead in the regular season. And they'll be a good seed in the playoffs. So There's still be like, based on what I've seen so far, you're still looking at four or five seed for them. I think it'll be the East is going to be great the West is going to be a bloodbath uh, but, but I can't see the Clippers being challenged I, I would like to see a Clippers-Lakers West Conference Finals oh of course yeah just with because. shortened rotations and Lakers are probably going to make a trade mid-season and they're going to have someone else there's going to be something that puts them to a point where you go well, oh maybe they could do this you know this chat that Maybe before the season's out, you will get a chance to say, Boogie! Yeah, I know, but two, two, three now, pretty bad injuries. Yeah, I know. And and also, that's... The, the, the now Hang s- on. Boogie! That might be the last time <laughs> I do that. They're circling... The, sorry, they're, they're now circulating this 
narrative that he might come back before the end of the season. But if he's, if we're saying about Clay Thompson, might be a good idea for him to take the whole season off. It's definitely the right thing for Boogie to take the whole season off. Yeah, Boogie, 100%. Boogie, don't come back, mate. I want you to come back and be the the big personality that you are and, and us not go, oh, look, he's nowhere near the player he was. That, I don't want that conversation. Get yeah. yourself healthy, fella. He's not listening. Why am I talking to him as if he's listening? Cause... Boogie, I'm sorry. He's not there. He's not there. You just wish him well. That's because well. you're a nice guy. Yeah. <gasps> can we talk about something that happened on Instagram? We can. Isaiah Thomas commented on one of your posts. We can. Isaiah Thomas... Just no, right. not the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about. No, you tell the story, Phil. I tell the story, Phil. I don't put... stop. <laughs> Just tell the. Uh, tell it. <laughs> no, seriously, tell okay. the story. Go. So Ready? we've got. Deep breath. Go. So we've got at Weekside Pod. That's the podcast Instagram. But we've at also... Weekside Pod. Follow it. But we've also got our personal Instagram accounts. We have. Yours, yours is, is um, uh, mine's uh, Jana Snapper. And mine is Weekside underscore Baller. And I put on there a picture of uh, Isaiah Thomas. Bear in mind the legendary Isaiah Thomas. There's the current NBA player Isaiah Thomas, who's King of the Fourth. King of the Fourth in his own right. However, we're talking about the legendary Isaiah Thomas, who was part of the Bad Boys. And I put a picture on of the um, from the game when he, it's, I think it was the 88 finals, scored 25 in a quarter, 43 in the game, but did it all on a sprained ankle. And just put a picture on there saying, you know, he was tough and woke up to look at, he'd actually commented on the picture that I'd put on there and put a, a cheers sign and a, and a thank you kind of hands together. And I just sat there going, that's it, we, we're done. Yeah. Our work here is done. Yeah, I kind of thought that... NBA players, ex-NBA players, nay, NBA legends, interact with the Weekside podcast. This yes. is brilliant. Yeah, I, I, it did. Made my year. <laughs> and this is why you should subscribe. If you haven't already binged listened to all of our podcasts, which are in various states of um, edit, some of them sound great, some of them sound awful. I left my phone next to the mic in one episode, so you have the deca 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 going on sometimes. We're a mess, but you should listen to us. It's fun. Well, this I hope is the thirteenth, the thirteenth, the lucky thirteenth, which means that we've probably not had record pressed while we've been doing this. <laughs> probably. Um, but if you have listened to us and this actually ends up going out live without anything going wrong, being the thirteenth episode, then please do subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends and family about it. Your family probably don't care. Your, your basketball friends, if you're on a team especially, let the team know that this is a great podcast to listen to. Um, and go to anchor.fm forward slash weekside. That's anchor, as in the anchor on the side of a boat. Anchor.fm forward slash weekside. You can leave us a voice message. We can play those voice messages out and we'd love someone to do it that plays for a basketball team that wants to give a shout out to their team wish them luck at the weekend for a game that they're playing or something along those lines so do that now the podcast um, app Anchor is free and you can leave the voice message there and, and you can kind of applaud the podcast as you go along it's a really clever app owned by Spotify so it should be pretty cool anyway thanks for listening it's been great I've been Lee that's been Phil okay. don't say anything else Okay. you're banned 
Uh, see you later, everybody. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra. They're still here. They're still listening. They're still here. Go away. Bye. See ya.